You are listening to episode number 226 of the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. Welcome to Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD, where women who are confused and worried about their type 2 diabetes come to learn strategies to fix it. I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. Ladies, if you know you are capable of doing badass things at work and for your family, but you're frustrated with why you can't seem to stop eating the chocolate cake, this podcast is for you. Let's talk. Hey there. So for today, the podcast is a coaching call with Magali. I think that this is a very timely coaching call because it talks about the uh, nostalgia and the missing of loved ones. And with the holiday season here, I think that's entirely appropriate. So I hope you enjoy this coaching call. Before we jump in and get started, I do want to give a warning. Remember, if you are medicated for your type 2 diabetes and you make the dietary changes that I recommend in this podcast, you can get very sick. You have been medicated because of how you've eaten in the past. If you change the way you eat, you will also need to change your medications. If you don't do that, you can get very sick, the kind of sick that involves going to the hospital, being admitted, emergency room visits, and possibly even death. So please take this very seriously. You will need to contact your primary care provider or the prescribing provider that has given you these medications and set up a line of communication with them. Find out how they want to hear about your blood sugar changes so that they can give you clear information about how they want you to change your medications in order to keep you safe. And lastly, remember there is extra help. There is more help for you to reverse your type 2 diabetes. Set up a reverse your diabetes assessment call at my Calendly link. That's www.calendly.com forward slash Delane MD. You can set up a reverse your diabetes assessment call there. You get access to my calendar there. You can just set it up yourself. These are 45-minute calls where you and I get on a Zoom call and clarify what your biggest obstacles are and why you haven't been able to overcome them. This gives you tons of clarity about what you need to be doing to get the results with your health that you've been looking for. So make sure you set that call up. All right, let's talk with Magali. Well, I want to welcome Magali to the call. I'm so grateful that you agreed to do this. And so welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I love it. All right. Well, we're excited to have you. So what do you want to coach on? Well, I would like to, like you always say, get a grip on the chocolate cake issue. Yeah. That's the issue. Um, I was recently diagnosed technically as pre-diabetic because my hemoglobin A1C went up, I think, to 5.4 or 7, just over the I forget what the marker is. Um, And uh, that is actually my biggest fear come true because I have a family history of diabetes. Uh, I am in healthcare. I have uh, worked with podiatrists and have seen a number of amputations. Um, And that is my worst fear come true. Uh, Because I have family members, you know, my mom had it, everybody has it. Um, I know it's an epidemic being in healthcare. I know that that's one of the top diagnoses and in the United States, and that alone causes everything else. I feel like it's a domino effect. Then you're going to go into kidney failure. And so because I am in the medical field, I know just enough to be terrified. (laughs) And um, I recently kind of lost, I've always been kind of health conscious and tried my best with food. Um, But uh, lately I have not been able to grasp, you know, um, something that keeps me on track. A part of it is I've, you know, I just lost my mother last month Mm. uh, from a heart attack but she was 98. So it was expected. Um, and I, um, I was doing, I've been doing intermittent fasting for two years now, have not lost any weight, but okay. resolved all my stomach issues. Nice. Okay. So that was good. Um, so, oh, sorry. There's, no, you're good. there, there are flood alerts in New York city. So. Oh, how funny is that? <laughs> Yeah. Terrible flood alerts. But anyway, I'm sorry. Um, so I, I'm at a cross point where I need to get a hold of this. I'm going to be, I'm going to be 65 
this month in October. Oh, you were great. <laughs> so, I was wondering how your mom had a was 98 yes. and delivered you. Because clearly you look like 98. Your- yeah. And she was active right up to about a year it. before she died. Okay. Um, well, you look great, sis. So fair enough. Well, okay. The brain is shot, but you know, <laughs> so that's a whole other story. example of like the last time. So you're doing intermittent fasting and you're seeing some results, at least with how you feel. Give um, me an example of when you're doing intermittent fasting, but it, the chocolate cake comes up or whatever the food is. Can you give right. me a specific example? Last Tuesday, this was going on and I knew that I shouldn't have the cake and I did it. All right. So, um, last week, well, this week, yeah, I went to eat. I hadn't eaten. I didn't, I know that there's a controversy about, well, at least if you follow Jen Stevens, clean fast, as opposed to having any. So, um, I did have coffee in the morning with heavy cream Mm -hmm. because in two years that I have tried to drink black coffee, I still hate black coffee. Yeah, right? that's so it's a, it's a mental thing with me. And I just feel like, you know what? I've had a rough two months. I'm having the coffee the way I want it. I want to enjoy it. So I had it with heavy cream and some brown sugar. So that was okay. my first, my first, you know, um, setback was the sugar. I know that. But anyway. Do you so always I, have brown sugar in your coffee or is it usually just heavy cream and coffee? No, it's, if I have it my way, oh, it's definitely sugar and I'm how laughing. often are you having it there? Everything is sugar and carbs. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. How often are you having that? Well, these last few weeks, I've been off track. So I've been having oh, Okay. It. So it's been more. Okay. So yeah. what else happened? And then I didn't eat all day and I was fine. I wasn't even hungry all day because I could go all day. Part of the reason I started intermittent fasting, because I was so disgusted with food. Mm-hmm. I had had it. I had decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. total food burnout. I just couldn't handle anymore what to eat, what not to eat, what to weigh, how many. I just was having a meltdown. And I went to my PCP for my annual. And she said to me, you know, you should try intermittent fasting. And I said, really? What's that? And then she said, read uh, Jason Fung. the yeah. obesity. So I said, okay, I'm in. So I was happy just not to be able, just to not eat. I was happy with that. But anyway, so this t- last week I did that. I had my coffee. I was fine. I was happy mentally because I had coffee and that's really all I needed. Yeah. I didn't eat all day. So I went to eat around six o'clock and I wasn't that hungry. So I had shrimp, oregano, but I had bread, which again, I shouldn't have had the bread, but then came the point of resistance was the restaurant I'm at has like the best, the best caramel salt gelato yeah it's like a comfort thing you know and I was with my sister when we were talking about my mom and I'm like I'm having the gelato right yeah (laughs) it's just like I'm having it and I did have it um so now again yesterday I didn't eat all day I had the coffee but I didn't eat all day and I came home and I had some more comfort food rice and beans left over with some salmon and some corn and some stuff and I was fine but I had to have a piece of chocolate mm-hmm. at the end. And that's my problem is, especially after I eat, even if I have a meal that is good and is satisfying, I always feel like I need that little hit of something sweet. Yeah. So now, what the- did you feel when you were talking about your mom before the gelato? Well, I've been upset. <laughs> my mom. Yeah. Um, were you sad? Were you worried were you missing what do you think you were feeling i think stressed and mm-hmm. a, a a sense of loss and void because we had just finished her apartment and had handed in the keys uh, yeah and that's sort of like that's it like there is no more going to my mother's that's it that chapter is ended and you know it's a lost feeling so yeah. uh, i guess part of that was to comfort myself right, and fill, fill that void with something yeah. that was comforting. And I guess that was, I guess that was the gelato. Yeah. Tell me about the chocolate last night. You didn't eat and then you had dinner, but you had to have a couple pieces of chocolate afterwards. Yep. Two For pieces comfort. Of you describe it as comfort, right? I describe it as comfort. 
Um, what did you need comforted from yesterday? I have been to the cemetery. <laughs> I have been mm. to the cemetery. I actually, I went to the cemetery to ask a question about the headstone. And it was like, they they had a whole basket of chocolates yeah. in the sales office. I was like, my God. This you guys is are brilliant. I'm you like, know how to make a... people happy. <laughs> I'm like, right. My mother wants me to have chocolate. Look, she put it right here in front of me. This is a sign of God. <laughs> I should have the chocolate. Yeah. Right. Sorry. So, of course, now I, I, I had not eaten all day, basically. So I grabbed the two chocolates, but I know, no, you know, this is, I should not have chocolate now because my sugar might just, you know, I really right. haven't eaten all day. And I really, I know that you shouldn't. Ideally, you should not open your window, if you will, you know, after yeah. nine hours with sugar and have my sugar levels go crazy. So I'm like, but I had to take it and put it in my bag. So when I came home, I knew I had chocolate. I mean, I don't buy chocolate because of that. Yeah. But I knew that I had chocolate in my bag. So I was like, oh, good. After I finish eating, I can have the chocolate now. Sure. So, and was it just the two pieces of chocolate or was there more, yes. more food? That was all you had? No, yeah. I mean, you ate yeah. real food, but you didn't, it's not like you went on a bender and ate a bunch of things after that. No, 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 no. Okay. So what were you stressed about going to like, what, why, I guess you were, it sounds like whenever you miss your mom, you feel stressed and that makes you want to eat. Yeah. But even before my mom, yeah. I was bad, you know? Um, yeah. So Every, so here, you know, it, the pattern that I'm hearing from you is when you're feeling stressed, your brain offers you that this is a way to remedy the stress. Right. You eat the gelato. Your result is the stress isn't remedied. Whatever's, you know, mom is still gone, right? You still right. miss mom, right? Right. That's still there. That hasn't changed. All that you've reinforced is that when you feel stressed, you want to eat. Yeah. And now yeah. it, or, or it'll be Chinese food, which is even yeah. worse because yeah. And, I, and, and I'll say it too. I'll be, like, I used to work with one of my bosses. She was Chinese. She is Chinese. And if she knew I, I was having a bad day, the next day she'd say to me, did you have pork fried rice? Did you have dumplings? And I'm like, this is sick. Like people know by my mood, what I'm going to eat. Uh, and I would, say, I would say I'm having I'm having pork fried rice and I'm having dumplings. Like that was like my, my statement of defiance that I'm going to eat now what I want. So, yeah. you know, I, now I, I know, or I think this is my uh, interpretation is that um, because I grew up eating, of course, a Hispanic diet, you know, my comfort food is the carbs. My comfort food is rice mm -hmm. and beans. My comfort food is fried plantains. My comfort food is that. And so like the other day I did have rice and beans. And again, it I, it's a connection to my mom. It's a connection to my past. It's a connection to what makes me feel like everything's okay. You know, you're having rice and beans. Everything's cool. Um, so unfortunately for me, I think that uh, ethnically and, and the way I've grown up puts me right into the category of the least desirable foods for the outcomes that I want to reach in terms of controlling, you know, diabetes or, you know, sugar levels. So when you have that thought, my ethnic, my ethnicity essentially yes. leads me to be in the worst category I can be. Is that kind of the, the nuts and bolts of how you feel about that or how, what you think about it? Yeah. Yes, I do. I mean, I, I know it. I know it a couple of ways. I, I'm also a medical interpreter in Spanish okay. in healthcare. So when I go and do medical interpretations, um, I recognize in the patients, me, because they say to me, I don't eat candy. I don't eat this. And then I'll say to the patient, how much rice and beans are you eating? How many plantains? Right. What are the carbs? I'm going down the thing. So, yeah. um, yeah, I feel, I feel that I am in a slight deficiency, even though intellectually I understand it, I can rationalize yeah. it and I see the medical you know, a significance of what's happening. I guess when I get stressed, I just resort right back to my yeah. roots. <laughs> yeah. But when you have that, you know, my ethnicity leaves me in this deficient space. How does that feel? Like if it's, 
Tuesday, had to go by the, you know, the cemetery, missing mom, wish she was here, just turned in her key, it's really over, this is happening, and you're feeling sad, and you're having to kind of deal with this, and the stress kind of comes up because you'd really rather not deal with it, I'm sure there's a hundred other things, watch a movie, whatever, to avoid it, and you feel the stress of that, and your brain's like, yeah, of course I want all the good stuff because all my ethnicity means that I'm going to want all the comfort food that's high in carbs. Well, how do you feel when you think that? I feel a little um, defeated. Yeah. <laughs> tell you. I feel a little defeated. <clears throat> um, and I don't know. Um, I guess defeated would be the best word. Yeah, I, it sounds defeated. like it. I feel like I'm all, almost at a, unavoidable disadvantage yes which i shouldn't feel that way because i have the intellectual knowledge to yeah so i'm gonna that. offer so recognize whenever you're feeling that stress and your brain has the thoughts on even if it's a really low level thing like ethnically to make myself feel better ethnically i was raised on these feel-good foods that are making me sick from that place of like defeated or even um Maybe a low level, like there's no, I don't have control here. There's something bigger than me controlling this. You're going to always turn to that food. Always, always. And you're going to give yourself the result that like, I can't manage stress without this food. And, and in your brain, it's like, yeah, ethnically we can't do it. So what I want to offer to you, ethnic Germans are raised on potatoes and noodles, right? Ethnically American people <laughs> are raised on the standard American diet which is all the bad things we can get our hands on. Everybody, I, I mean, what if it has nothing to do with your ethnicity and what you were raised on? Yeah, well, <laughs> okay. Do you believe that? Are you like, no, 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 you don't get it. And I don't get it because clearly I'm not Latina, right? Like I was not raised that way. But what, I mean, is that where your brain goes? Like, no, you don't get it. Um, No, it's not that that you don't get it. It's that how do you change it? I guess. Is yeah. Yeah. You, you have to change that mindset. Yes. What if part of the change of your mindset is your brain being like everybody, this has nothing to do with my ethnicity. This has to do with being a human being. Is that's, that's true. I could see that because the, is there less defeatedness there? Yeah, there is. Cause if, right, if I think about Americans, Americans are every ethnicity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we're sick, 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 right? I know. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, a lot people are like, but no, genetically, we do see higher rates of diabetes and Hispanic and Asians, and we see higher rates. And, and yeah, there may be some different genes playing a role that create that. Fine. But clearly, like, we don't have a world where Asians and Hispanics are still running around because they were like, I mean, like, if they were genetically meant to die an early death from this disease, they would not have been here when we're dominating the planet as a species, right? True. Right? And just finding, like, okay, maybe there is some truth to what I'm saying, but also there's a lot of agency that I have here. Does that feel real to you when we talk it out? It does. When you, when you, the way you explain it. Yes, it does. Yeah. 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 If you, so curiously, you're, I'm, what, what is the next thing that you need to do for your mom and her arrangements to, I mean, is everything done? Everything's done. No more done. meetings at the funeral home or no more meetings, no, I guess, no, no. at the uh, cemetery? Every, yeah. Everything is, I go to the cemetery because I feel better when I go and it's close mm -hmm. to my house but uh everything is completely it, actually this is the first weekend in a year and a half that i didn't have to go take care of my mom and do anything so um, wow yeah so this is okay you know so the i have holidays to are coming i know yes. the holidays are so coming. i want you to get your head back to that space where you're missing your mom i want you to let your brain go there you're gonna miss her and the stress is going to come. Getting your body into that stress space because it's so much fun. I've got such good ideas. Let's go to that stress <laughs> space. 
<laughs> but feeling that stress in your body, when you have the thought that all the humans want to handle this feeling with comfort food versus this is something, you know, my, my ethnicity leads me to want this comfort food. When you think all the humans want the comfort food, how does that feel for you? Does it feel less defeated or is it still like, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a heavy no, load. it does. It does. It does it. I feel a sense of inclusion then. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. With the ethnicity, I'm sort of outside the circle with yeah. everybody feeling that way. Then I'm in the circle. It's still yeah. difficult, but like we're all together now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that that, that is probably like part of your jumping off spot, right? The other thing I love to ask people, um, you know, when they've lost somebody that they clearly love deeply and they are like wanting to bury the emotion with any food, you know, you, you know, Halloween's coming. So Halloween bags of candy are, you know, going to be a, a frequent player in this, but that's my birthday, Halloween. <laughs> oh, it's the best. I love that's your birthday. I know me too. Cause everyone gets to get dressed up. You don't have to buy gifts. You don't have to cook and you get to be creative. So Oh my gosh, it sounds amazing. I love it. Well, so, you know, when we're feeling this heavy feeling, whether it be sadness or missing or wanting or whatever it is, and we want to resist that feeling, my question, and so we turn to the candy because we're like, I'm sure if I eat enough of this candy, I won't feel that way. I'll feel happy. <laughs> right. And then my question is like, why are we looking for happiness when we're thinking about this thing that sincerely and authentically makes us feel sad? Why is that something? What, yeah, why, is that? why is that? Yeah. What do you That's think so about what is it that causes the stress about that feeling of sadness with your mother? Um, well, I, I mean, the finality of it and the fact that there's just this void feeling of not knowing. I mean, you know, it's, I'm 65 almost. I've always had my mother. Like, I don't know what life looks like without my mother. I'm starting mm. to learn what that looks like. So it's a scary, empty unknown. feeling. Unknown. Yeah. It's unknown. It's, it's a, unknown. And the one that you had to guide you before is not there anymore. Exactly. Right. Good, bad. She's the one I would go to. Yeah. To help yeah. me, you know. And so, is there anything that you can think of in your current power that's going to change that feeling? Um, I think my faith and the fact that my mom was, my mom, believe it or not, was a very disciplined person. Mm -hmm. And she had diabetes. She was controlled. Mm -hmm. But if she had a, a chocolate, she could take one piece of chocolate and cut it into four pieces and have one piece every day because she knew she had to watch her sugars. So she was a very, very disciplined person. She was all about health and about always trying to help yourself. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of trying to gather strength from her example, her living mm -hmm. example. Um, she's the first one that would say, you have to help, you have to take care of yourself. You have to help yourself. You can't, you know, because that's how she lived to be 98. <laughs> right. Yeah. By being disciplined, you know. Yeah. So I'm hope I think that I think that perhaps focusing on that as a as a pillar of strength, even though she's not here, but what the legacy she leaves of what she taught by example of how she led her life, about how she was about food, didn't eat in excess. She always she didn't go to the gym to exercise, but she always walked right up to yeah. her always walked, always took care of herself. So I'm hoping that that, um, my sister and I spoke about that. And I said, you know, we got to take care of ourselves now because mommy's not here. And she would want us to, you know, kind of dig our heels in and live the best life of the time we have left as she did, you know? So yeah. I think maybe focusing on that as a, as an anchor, if you will. Sure. Fine. Sure. But do you ever think that you're going to be happy that your mom's not there? No. Do you ever think you're going to even be like content? Like, like, I guess it's not that bad that mom's not here. Are you going to be neutral about it? I don't think so. Yeah. I think is that some a problem? In life, yeah. I think some losses in life 
you never get over. Yes. I think you learn how to deal with it differently on different days. Mm-hmm. And you learn to, you develop coping skills where you learn to hide it better on some yeah. days than others. But I think it's too big a loss. I think some losses are just, I don't yeah. believe that time heals everything. I don't believe that. But yeah. I believe, but I believe we go on and I believe Absolutely. we learn how to deal with it. Yeah. And I kind of, I'm in the same boat. I mean, like, I, I haven't lost my mother, but I lost my grandmother and it was huge. And it was 20 some, I mean, 22 years ago. And there was a decade where I like got very heavy and sad every time I thought of that loss, but it felt so authentic. Like it was like, I didn't, I mean, like, why are we fighting that? Like, I'm really sad she's gone. Like, and I don't think I have to be happy that she's gone. Like I can be sad over time. I definitely morphed into, um, she was too much fun to not smile whenever you think about her. So I, I like, I definitely morphed, but I had to have, and it was, it was a decade where I was heavy and sad whenever I thought of her. Right. And then it changed. So, but my point is, is that we want to not be like in our brain, somehow we offer ourselves, like, I don't want to be sad about it. And I'm like, well, what do you want to be about it? Like, I think you do want to be sad about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And since we want to be sad about it, we don't have to have the stress of trying to fight the sadness. And if we're not doing that, suddenly we don't need to throw the gelato or the chocolate on it, right? That's true. So yeah, true. so I think that that's, I think that that's always at the heart of when we're like, I guess it's the heart of any of our feelings is like, is this really a feeling I want to have? Because if it is something I want to have, there's no amount of gelato I'm going to throw on it that's going to make it go away. Yeah. After the gelato, you still have the same feeling. Yeah. You still miss her. (laughs) It's not going away. Right? And now you have to deal with the outcome of the gelato, right? Right. Yeah. So definitely, like, part is this idea that, and there is probably a connection to your heritage and your ethnicity and your family and what you guys as a family do, which involves plantains and it involves rice and beans and it involves all these foods that are higher in carb. And there might be a connection there that makes you feel more connected to your people. And there might be some benefit in finding other ways to connect to your sister, to your family, to bring that back that doesn't involve food that makes you sick. But definitely letting go of like, it's not just us, any humans that would eat this food to manage their comfort is going to get diabetes. Also, any humans who eat pizza to do it are going to get diabetes. Any humans that eat ice cream and chocolate are going to get diabetes. And the reason that that is, of course, is because we release a huge surge of dopamine and we feel a little bit better for a brief moment after eating those foods, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, I think they're, you know, again, the stress, like deciding, like, why am I stressed? I always see stress as a friction. There's a two-way thing that's happening here. One way you, you have something pushing you this way and either an expectation or a desire for a different way. And so there's this back and forth oscillation of yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And it creates that stressful feeling. So when that stress comes up, I would get really curious about what do I actually want here, right? And if I want to feel sad, is that okay? Like, do I have space to feel sad in the way I want to that looks like crying? Maybe not, but maybe I can carve out an hour this evening to do that, right? right. Managing that emotion by by actually managing the emotion <laughs> versus eating them, right? right? But then seeing this also, this belief of it's harder for me because we like this food. It's harder for all the humans because all the humans like the foods that make them sick. Yes. <laughs> right. You're so right. Yeah. It's everybody. It's not just me. Yeah. I love that. I can just see the lightness in your face as you like realize that you're like, yeah. <laughs> I love we're that. We're all in a bad situation. I feel so much better to know we're all in a bad situation. Yes, we all are. And it really <laughs> is. It's like the food environment. Absolutely. It is a bad situation. And it's because the food environment is what it is. So. All right. Anything else you want to coach on? Or is that helpful? Sometimes it's nice to have it all to kind of let it simmer a yeah, little bit. That is, that is helpful. My other biggest struggle, mm-hmm. which even before my mom passed, I realized is that, as I mentioned earlier, I'm just so disgusted with food. Mm-hmm. And for the past year and a half, I'm, I haven't even cooked, basically. 
Mm. So I ordered these factor meals now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never had them, but I've had people tell me about them. They were very good, actually. Uh, A smaller portion, so maybe you don't feel as full, which is okay. But maybe you could put like, well, I put rice the other day. Shouldn't have, but I did. I added rice to it. But like if you had a salad with it or something, I mean, sometimes I'm just not in the headspace. I come home that I want to cook. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to cook, which is a problem, but I can, when I get into a better headspace, which I'm sure will be soon in terms of getting myself into a routine, you know, I don't consider it cooking, but I can certainly broil a piece of fish and have a vegetable, things like that. Um, so I, again, I, I, when I think about food, I get, that stresses me out. That's why I bought the factor meals. Yeah. Why? Because it becomes a mind bang, the food. Yeah. Like what do I eat and how many, you know, and there's so much, I mean, I'm always reading up on, you know, um, I read fast feast repeat. I've listened to the whole obesity code. Um, and so there's always this decision fatigue. What do I eat? So now when I eat, like, let's say I was having this factor meal that had like uh, rice and cheese and, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm looking at it. And what do I think? Hyperlipidemia, because I have, now I know. And the thing is that the medical field keeps changing their spiel, right? Yeah, yeah. So eggs used to be horrible. Now, great. Yes, yes. Great antioxidants. Coffee, coffee could kill you now. Good for Alzheimer's. So I, the doctors yeah. that I've worked with, I go, you know, you guys just change your mind every Get few your crap That's together. why we don't know. Yeah. That's why we don't know what to eat. So I do have high cholesterol. I've always had high cholesterol. My mother had high cholesterol too. And I really didn't, don't even eat enough to justify the cholesterol, but. Mm-hmm. It's so probably I, the insulin resistance driving the cholesterol up. Just, yeah. Okay. So yeah. I feel like I'm insulin resistant now. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to lose a good, I okay. want to say forty pounds. <laughs> I say forty pounds. Okay. Because, um, so the weight, and I've gotten very discouraged with the, and I know that the, the fasting is a tool. It is not guarantee weight loss for everyone. Right. But um, let's talk about. Why is the rice an option? Because the decision fatigue comes from believing that the rice is is like, maybe it's okay here. I don't know. Maybe it's not okay here, but I think like maybe I need it here, but I don't know. But you know, the eggs are bad, but the rice isn't. Your The decision fatigue comes from believing that the rice is okay. Well, that's from believing. Oh, it's from knowing that the rice is not okay. But you believe that on some level it must be because it keeps showing up. Well, just because I want it, not because <laughs> right, right. Because I think it's good. Yes, yes. So then it comes down to how often is it okay for you to eat foods that you want and you know aren't good for you? How often? Yeah. What do you think? That's a very good question. Yeah, that's the kind of ruler you're going to need to set for yourself. Decision fatigue happens because you keep making the decision over and over again. Oh, that's a good point. Yes, it's exhausting with the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, you know, bicep fatigue happens because we do bicep curls over and over and over again, right? Right. Decision fatigue happens because we keep making the decision over and over and over again. Okay. So, deciding make and this is where i teach planning our food to be such a powerful tool many people i and i included was like no a plan is merely like a like a kennel that keeps me trapped like it it was so like oh i couldn't didn't have decision i had already made this plan i didn't have any choices it's so baloney i don't even want it i mean my brain had all the pity party about making a plan making a plan is so powerful because it's made from the part of your brain that weighs the pros and the cons of what you're gonna eat against what you wanna create, weight loss, normal insulin functioning, okay? It weighs the pros and the cons. If I have the rice, it's gonna work against this, so I'm not gonna put rice on the plan. And in the moment, you're not actually considering eating it because it's scheduled for tomorrow or the day after, right? It's very like, it's very 
fact-based. It's very like just data-based. It's not like emotional-based. <laughs> and then when it gets time to execute the plan, our emotions get all up in there being like, no, 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 you got to listen to me. This is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and it tries to talk us into it. And if you're going from the, I made a plan, I've already made the decision and I'm living that out, there is no problem. Like you don't get decision fatigue. It's when you're like, oh, maybe I should do it. But no, it wasn't on the plan. But I really want it. It's not on the plan. But I'm so hungry. But we didn't put it on the plan. It's this constant back and forth that is exhausting. That makes perfect sense. Because year about six years ago, I I planned, I did food prep for the week. And there was no thinking about it. Cause like, it was okay. so easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was eating all day, basically. like every. But I would like, okay, I'm having... Greek yogurt with half a cup of blueberries and one tablespoon of chopped nuts. And I, that, that was my snack. So there was yeah. no gelato. There was no, <laughs> because that was it. It was packed. It was in my bag. I was eating that. So I can see where that is. But yeah, the, the, that's why I got the factor though. Cause I don't want a yeah. meal plan. Yeah. Maybe I can yeah. meal around my factor meal. Well, yeah. Even if you meal plan, but that's where the whole, like, I mean, I eat food that I like. I like the food that I eat, but I do have, ice cream occasionally. My daughter and I will go out for ice cream together or Christmas is coming and I will have all the things at Christmas. And my birthday is coming in December. I mean, like December is just, I know January is a lot of fasting and a lot of food chatter in my brain because December's a lot of things that I just don't usually eat. Right. So that's, I mean, like I do those things, but I very clearly know, like in my brain, it's like, I don't want real sugar in my body except for in these timeframes. I don't want to do that. And so the rest of the time, it's like, it's just not an option. Right. That You're going to have to set that for you. What right. is it? Like how I want to have food. My birthday cake is never about being healthy. Like that's period, end of sentence. I'm not going to be a healthier soul because of my birthday cake, period, right. end of sentence. I'm clearly having a piece of food and it has nothing to do with my health. Right. Right. How but frequently do I that. want to have that? Yeah. How frequently do I want to do it? Yeah, that makes sense. If you That's can the question that you need to answer for yourself. How often? Yeah. Because here's the thing. A few a few months ago, I said, you know what? I should just I should just avoid all carbs. Mm -hmm. Right. I should just bite the bullet. Do carb it. Out. That's it. And I I lost like five pounds, but. Mm -hmm. Shortly thereafter, after about a week, I went on a complete binge. Yeah, I ate I, an entire cheesecake alone. <laughs> I, I just went like I had English muffins. I had like anything that was carb I was eating. So I'm like, okay, this is not good Yeah, because now I got crazy. I mean, I ate more carbs than I would have normally eaten if I would have had maybe one English muffin for the week. You know, yeah, to have an English muffin, but now I went like I just ate nonstop. So that's where also I'm like the difference when you weren't doing it is you had made a clear decision, and somewhere you changed the decision, right? And that's that. It's all that happened. People and they don't. They we just don't. We don't see it that way. We don't hang it on that structure that way. We're just like, I don't know why I'm wanting it so badly. I always remind my clients that there is a million dollars on the table for you not to eat it. Would you eat it? Almost everybody is like, hands down, no. Right? It would be so easy. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think about it. Right. I mean, it's like so, like, yes, you need to get to that space where you're not considering I have made the decision that I will have rice with a meal on these times only. This is not part of that time. I'm not even thinking about it. You know, that's a great point because that's exactly what happened. The de my decision changed. Yeah. I decided now I was going to have the carbs, but I didn't look yeah. at it that way. I looked at it as this. It's a bunch of bullshit. I went all that course. time without it. And now I'm going in, I'm doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I felt like I was possessed. I'm like, what? yeah. Curiously, why did you cut all the carbs? Why? Because mm -hmm. I want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Because I know that the carbs are going to drive up my insulin. I feel I'm insulin resistant. Mm -hmm. Um. So I felt 
all right, you know what? You have to accept this. This is this is your this is where you're at in your life right now. You cannot have carbs, period. You just can't. You have to why, accept you can't have yeah, it. Yeah, why don't you want to live for the rest of your life without carbs? Like what was the problem when you were like you did it for a week, lost some weight, and then it be you like you stopped doing it? Why what was happening that made you want to do something different? Why was it a problem to keep doing it what you were doing? Because to some degree, food is entertainment and or enjoyment. And right? you weren't getting and, those things? And I don't, I mean, I can have a piece of fish and broccoli, yeah. but I'm not satisfied, you know? Yes, so not that felt that I deserved, yeah. that I deserved <laughs> some enjoyment. And so the yeah. English muffins were enjoyment. Like, why do I, why am I deprived? How come everyone else is eating that? <laughs> I yes. can't eat it. But then I try and rationalize it. I said, well, but now you are in your 60s now. You now this is this is your and then life starts looking really depressing. Like, oh, I'm going to be yes. 65 and I'm never going to enjoy anything again. Yes. So that is going to be part of your decision. A lot of times we feel either like I want this goal and I can't seem to achieve it. I'm going to go all in and like create, I'm going to do something drastic. drastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to yeah. sever. I'm always like, you know, guys, we can lose 10, 20 pounds by severing off our left leg, but we don't want to live that way forever. So let's not do that. Right. So we make these big drastic commitments. And then what we realize is that we don't really want to live our life for the rest of our life that way. <clears throat> so that's and true. then, of course, we're like, well, that isn't working either. So I, you know, we, we pendulum swing the other way. Figuring out like what it is. A lot, sometimes it's fear that drives women to make those really drastic decisions. But a lot of times it's just a lack of belief. Like, I don't believe I don't I can't figure out any other way. So I guess I'm just going to do this thing. Figuring out whether you really want to do that thing is a very powerful part of that process. Because we are grown ass women and we are not going to do shit that we don't want to do for the rest of our life, period, end of sentence. Right. Right. And so um, that's what sounds like what happened there. Yeah. yeah. So my life temper got the best of me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we, I think a really helpful strategy for you is going to be to figure out how frequently you actually, whoops, you actually want that food in your life. I think that makes sense because then I would feel that I have some control. Yeah. Instead yeah. of everything else controlling me. Yes, that I'm is so much of it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where, to your point, where I, you know, um, I became a rebel then. Like, I, no one's going to tell me I can't eat. But yeah, I told I can eat whatever I want. I'm a grown woman. <laughs> exactly. But I'm the one that made the rule. And then I'm <laughs> like, what? What do you mean I can't eat carbs? Meanwhile, yeah. like, I'm the one that said I wasn't going to eat it. So that does make sense about, you know, me being able to make that decision so that I'm in control and yeah. planning it and, out. And like the recognition, like I am going to want them, but it's just not time to have them. Kind of like fasting. Yes, I'm going to eat, but it's not time now. Yes. Yes. Right? Of course I want. You don't argue when it's when you get hungry and you're fasting. You're not like, no, I got, I, I'm not going to be hungry. I'm not going to. No, you're like, of course I'm hungry. I haven't yeah. eaten 15 right. hours. And of you, course and I'm you hungry. Accept it, right. You accept that that's going to be part of. And then it just passes. And then you're like, yeah, it's I know it's it's OK because I'm going to eat like at six. It's going to be OK. Question before I forget. Yeah. Do you have any tips at all for drinking black coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I use only, I mean, like I did it using, um, heavy cream and I didn't have any qualms about heavy cream. I mean, I certainly normalized my numbers and lost the weight that I wanted to lose just eating heavy, heavy using cream heavy and black cream, coffee. Mm -hmm. but no sugar. I didn't use any sugar and only two teaspoons or two tablespoons of the heavy cream. Two tablespoons of heavy cream. I could try And that. then over time, I just weaned it down and then I just got really lazy. <laughs> I stopped using it. buy cream anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Okay. So um, I drink my coffee black now. I very rarely, very maybe a couple times a year, have some cream in it. I still do enjoy the cream in it. I just, I'm too lazy to have it all put together and do that. So sometimes lazy works in my favor. 
So, um, yeah, I, I, I did. Try that. Yeah. The heavy cream is not a problem. Two tablespoons of the heavy cream is not a problem. I agree that there is this clean fasting and I don't disagree that there's some benefits to that. Some people even say that any coffee is not part of a fast. And I'm like, well, you and I aren't going to see eye to eye because I'm not letting go of my coffee. <laughs> so. Yes. See, now I've read that also that then you, you dump, your liver will dump glycogen. I've heard then... that, yeah, your body, instead of getting the break of the fast, it has to manage and, and process the caffeine and the coffee. And I'm, and I'm, I'm willing to accept that. I've also, I always say, you know, I always try to empower my clients. Like you're in charge of your health. You get to decide what's healthy for you. You know, if you can't do nutritional ketosis then awesome, you don't have to do it. If you can't do intermittent fasting or long fasts, you know, like 40, 48 hour fasts, that's fine too. You get to decide what's healthy for you. For me, I'm always like, I don't do cold plunges. I don't do that cold therapy. If I die early, it's going to be because it's a solid, no, thank you. I'm not doing the cold therapy and I'm totally okay accepting that, right? Right. So it's kind of the same thing. Like if coffee is going to do me in for my two cups in the morning, you know, then that I'm willing to accept that. I'm willing to accept that. But you yeah, and I, I both think... know that's not what we see in the hospital. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm again, you, again, you read all this stuff or whatever, but mm -hmm. the, I mean, I had more than two tablespoons, so I will curtail that. However, mm -hmm. when I did have the coffee in the morning, my way, um, I was, I was fine all day. Whereas when I've had black coffee with nothing in it, even though I'm fasting and it's not, it's not a dire hunger. Again, I think it's the thing that I was not satisfied in the morning by having my routine. You weren't, ha you were having, when you have the coffee with the sugar in it, you have the joy of the sugar. Right. And right. when you don't, your brain's like, we're not having the joy of the sugar. Right. But and I think I can, I can do the, because I also like the creaminess if I yeah. need the heavy cream, I think that that'll be good because then I'm, I was fine all day. It's not like I'm hungry. It's not like I'm thinking about food. And also my job now I'm out on the road most mm -hmm. of the day. So I don't really, it's not convenient for me to eat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Works for my lifestyle right now because I'm meeting with doctors all day long and I'm going yeah. to different offices and I'm meeting with the chiefs and I'm, so I don't really have time to, to eat. So I think that that works for my life, my work right now, my lifestyle right now. Yeah. Um. So maybe if I could do that and I can think about plan out to some extent, even with my factor meals, not add the <laughs> rice or say, I'm going to add the rice only on, only Wednesday. on this day, only on. Yeah. Yes. And only this much get real clear on that. Your brain will, as any good child does really start making strong, strong cases for why you need it. And I love when you say that in the podcast, sometimes even because I can hear you saying, let's face it. We all know it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's the it's inner child. It's our inner toddler with a marker trying to wreak havoc everywhere. Like I know you want it. Yes. And it's okay. You're going to get glad. My grandmother, you're going to get glad in the same pants you got mad in. It's going to be all right. You know? But oh yeah. my God. I like that. That's a, I funny, do too. That's a funny way to look at it. That's a funny way to look at it. Yeah. yeah you, you just got to let it pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to let it pass like the fasting if you're hungry, but. Yeah. You're already doing this, by the way. I see that. Your brain's offering really? you reasons as to why it's not. That doesn't count. What I want is rice. <laughs> So you're already, you're already dealing with things that you want every day yeah. and you're not compelling, you know, you're not com complying with the request. You're like, yeah, I get it, but we're not doing that. You're already practicing that every day. Yeah. And what I'm trying to get back into is exercise mm -hmm. um, and running. I used mm -hmm. to run like two miles a day. Mm -hmm. um, it was rage running when I was going through oh. my divorce. So yeah. Yeah. The only, the only good thing that came out of that divorce is that um, I was very depressed at the time. And mm -hmm. um, I read that, you know, um, exercise is a way of dealing with stress and releases endorphins. And I was like, I was on survival mode. Like, I'm going to yeah. fight this fight. And whatever it takes for me to fight this fight, I'm doing it. And so I started running and I started working out and I got into the best shape. And I, I felt good. So, again, now that everything's through with my mom... And I have time in the morning. I have a gym in my building. So no, yeah, yeah. I, can, I can do that. I think that that um, 
you know, in retrospect, as I look back, of course, the things that have helped me, that's one of the things that has helped me. Um, and I think to some degree it might help with the stress of the food and everything else. Cause I'll be a little more like, okay. And also, because I feel like in the morning, I, I always do it only in the morning when I work out, because I feel like I've done something good for me and yes. I've started the day off on the right foot. So I'll be less tempted to get, get off course. Cause I'm like, no, yeah. you had a great workout. You know, you want to just kind of hold on to that. So that's yeah. my other thing that I'm going to. And I think that you'd get a lot of benefit from that. I really do. So, all right. Anything else? Any other questions before we sign off? I'm so appreciative of you. I think that so many women deal with the exact same thing that you're dealing with. And so, yeah. Yeah. No, this has been great. I really appreciate it. Um, I love your podcast. I, I think you just make a lot of sense. I resonated with you the minute I first heard you. And I'm like, oh, she's in healthcare. She loves shoes. She, uh, she likes chocolate cake. That's my kind of lady. I'm going to follow her. Gonna, I love it. She's got, she's got the path to happiness here. She knows she's talking my language, you know? Yes. Um, yes. You know, I mean, the funny thing is that you're in Kansas and I'm in New York city. So, well, you know, I grew up in Chicago. I live, I was like, I, we moved when I was a kid from Chicago to Kansas. So that, oh. yeah, there's a, an, a, there's a, an edginess to my Midwestern niceness. You know what? You know, oh my God. It's so true. And you know why? Because, I mean, clearly I'm from New York and there's no, clearly I'm a New Yorker. But I said, you know what? There's something about her. Like she cuts to the chase. She doesn't sugarcoat it. And that's a very New York thing. And I'm like, wow, but she's in Kansas. Like I've never been to- They do that then? I said, people outside of New York are so polite. And so you notice it right away. I mean, you go to Jersey, Mm -hmm. people are nice. And you're like, what's that about? You know, when you're from New York. So I'm like, but I noticed that I, I connected with you, but I noticed that also about you that you didn't sugarcoat. And then I thought to myself, probably because she's in the medical field and they just give you <laughs> like, they just got to give you the facts. This is the treatment plan. This is the differential yeah. diagnosis. And that's what you, but now it makes sense that you came really from a big city. Yeah. It's a big city thing. So yes, you don't have time to be too nice, but, but you well, are. Thank nice. you. So, thank oh, you well, so I much. try some days. I don't know. Talk to my kids, but no. I really appreciate you being on. I'm going to stop the recording. I'll be back next week. I hope you found this coaching call helpful. If there is any question that you have about anything that we discussed in this call, please make sure you reach out to me, Delane at Delane MD. See you next week. Bye-bye.